and welcome to For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and take a deep dive into it. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30 a.m. on the world's best internet radio station, BFF.FM, or subscribe to the podcast at For the Record Podcast, all one word, dot com. This week we're talking about a new album from Kevin Morby, This is a Photograph, and it starts with the title track. Now time's the undefeated, the heavyweight champ, laughing in his face as you dance like Sugar Ray. Used to be, come on, come on, but now, no mas, no mas. Used to be, come on, come on, but now, no mas, no mas. a photograph, a window to the past, of your mother in a skirt, in the cool Kentucky dirt, laughing in the garden, back where it all started, with a smile on her face, everything in its place. Got a glimmer in her eye Seem to say This is what I miss about being alive This is what I miss about being alive This is what I miss about being alive This is what I miss after I die This is what I miss about being alive This is what I miss about being alive This is what I miss about being alive This is what I miss after I die seventh solo album and he had been in bands prior to that which is kind of amazing because he's only 34 but he had always kind of escaped my notice other than being katie crutchfield's boyfriend but i think his earlier work was a little bit too subtle for me and this album just really grabbed me the first time i heard it it's there's so much variety and it's such a warm just genuine like the the lyrics are so genuine and the sound is so warm and layered and interesting yeah it's the opposite of restrained this first track it re- you really get the sense of someone just like how can i how can i take these ideas and push them and push them further and what really is remarkable is that yeah my awareness of him was kind of like oh he's you know kind of quiet indie rock and sort of the association both with Kitty Crushfield and then i know they did that guest vocal on that Aaron Ray record was all about just kind of kind of warm folky kind of Americana. Vibe. yeah Americana exactly and here he starts off with yeah this this just uh, acoustic guitar riff but then he keeps building on it and adding in okay now there's some electric and now really complicated drums and oh and now we're gonna get all these backing vocals and organs and crazy just just dissonant screeching synths and all of this builds up to like a breakdown and it's almost like a pop song in a way that i was not what i was expecting and yet a pop song that is completely sincere and a, like a joyful song about our own mortality. 
Yeah, this this song was inspired by a incident where he, his dad and his mom and sister were at a, at dinner and his dad kind of stood up and then collapsed and ha- I I actually don't know. He was fine now. But anyway, then they were looking at family photos that night and there was this picture of his dad, you know, that's described in the songs with the sh- with no shirt on standing on the front lawn, um the year that he was born and that that is like his age now and so it was kind of got him thinking about mortality and you know celebrating being alive while you're here and then the the entirety of this album was written in memphis where he kind of holed up for a while to get some inspiration and just being inspired by all of the kind of resilience but also tragedy that has happened in that city yeah he you know it's that that incident happened and i think his dad like took too much of his heart medicine or something so it's just, you know not it was scary at the time not that serious but that this happened i think in january of 2020 so like right before the pandemic lockdown hit and so that's what he was thinking about going into this time of fairly extreme isolation especially as a musician and to be pondering really serious matters and so yeah this is a very sincere record and so we go from this party album about our party song about mortality I think into another fairly sincere and positive track and it's called okay. a random, random act, act of, of kindness. kindness i almost remembered what it was called out of town out of town for a moment out of town for a moment i'll be back tomorrow out of sight out of nowhere that was so about very specific moments as captured in these photographs and this one feels so not even trying to be about a specific event and just about general feelings of existing in the world and trying to be trying to be kind and even not always succeeding but trying to find the good in things and it's also you know i think a lot of articles about kevin morby will say like oh it's this Bob Dylan-esque and like here the vocals have such that yeah. where he just he pushes the, them to the limit and instead of it feeling uh make it go away instead it just becomes really charming yeah and this also this song also uses the similar kind of technique as this is a photograph where he starts out a little bit more stripped down and then just keeps layering on different instrumentation and the production by Sam Cohen on this record is really amazing like he really adds a lot of flourishes without it feeling too um 
too crowded. Like it just adds so much when you listen with headphones and, and where we faded out there where you start to hear the horns come in, it just really like changes the tone of the song. And yeah. And, yeah, well, well, this one I thought, I mean, it was still a very layered production, but it was, I think, after that first very maximalist track, I think my on first listen, I'm like, oh, this seems so minimalist because it's like, well, it's traditional. It's much more just like strings and horns and it's not nearly as much. It doesn't feel on first listen, but then I realized, oh, yeah, there is so much layering here. And it is that same notion of starting from a very just kind of basic organ and then the percussion comes in and suddenly you've got this entire orchestra vibe happening and it's really beautiful. But a much more stripped down duet is the next song that we'll play called Bittersweet Tennessee. There was no time. There was no time. There was no time. There was no time. To free the flame. From burning up inside To thunder like a motorcycle Headed down the line To eat, to weep To lay me down so sweet To sow, to reap Or to let our glasses clink To time To time, to time other vocalist there is Aaron Ray who we talked about a few episodes back and apparently they've known each other for quite a while and I think their voices blend so beautifully in this duet yeah this is I guess the first explicit invocation of Tennessee obviously this the album being so much about his sort of infatuation with Memphis a place he's never lived and then I guess Aaron Ray is from Tennessee although from Nashville not Memphis and her voice is such a great contrast with his where it's so light and airy and pretty and his is so earthy and rough. I believe she's from Memphis and lives in Nashville. Well there you go. I just learned something. <laughs> that may be wrong. But anyway, um and you know you really appreciate all the musicianship on this record. I think uh Morby plays guitar, piano and melodica but then every all the other instruments are by folks he's brought in and so the banjo and the fiddle on this on this song are just such a they are so lovely together yeah well it's nice to get you know in a song in an album that is not very country not very folk to have at least one track where it really leans into that tradition of tennessee music and it's yes so i mean it's really sad it's you know all about just like looking at a friend or a relative dying and like how do you come to grips with that moment and yet in the end it isn't a hopeless track i mean it's about like learning to celebrate like hey we had that time together and that's beautiful so then we go from that very americana feeling song to one that sounds almost electronic in the production that's called disappearing All the people you knew were all mad at you All the people you knew crowded the avenue 
If you're not appearing, then you're disappearing. If you're not appearing, then you'll disappear. about this track is you describe it as sounding almost electronic and yet it's I think just really smartly processed actual very organic recordings from him playing melodica and then having it processed so much that it feels like some kind of sample being pulled on by a hip-hop producer and then later in the track these kind of organic splashing sounds that uh, apparently he took his recorder down to the Mississippi River to record what it sounded like. And so it feels both very eerie, but also very natural. And this song is very much connected in theme to the next song. And so the end of this one bleeds over into the next track with just kind of the sounds of the river and the tufted titmouse, which is credited in the credits. Um, Yeah, that's a very nice sounding bird. So getting the credit, it's really deserving. But it's very atmospheric. And I think it kind of sets the stage for the next song, which I think of as really the centerpiece of the album. And it's called A Coat of Butterflies. Caterpillar in the winter Tell wings come in the spring Tell then settle down in some shotgun shack Where the wallpaper unlocks your dreams And hey man, have you heard him sing With a voice like a symphony weeps Seen him staring back at the camera And I swear to God he looked at me And if you wanna settle down Then you came to the right town Close your big brown eyes And wear a coat of butterflies But if you want to live forever Jumping deep with the mystery sweet Waiting to the water Close your eyes, boy, and sing track on the record it is so long it is so kind of relatively unstructured where it's just kind of telling this story of jack buckley's death but then finding such rich metaphoric power of the mississippi river as kind of this metaphor for america and trying to make it in this thing that's beautiful but is also trying to kill you yeah, he he. I heard him say in an interview that he, when he came to Memphis, he actually thought Jeff Buckley had killed himself. Although you know, no one will ever know. But it's the evidence seems like it was probably an accidental drowning. He went swimming, and his friend stayed on shore. And he, when he swam out, he was singing "Whole Lot of Love" by Led Zeppelin, which is where that outro get comes from. Um, and then also the fact that he had come to Memphis 
uh, and he tried to buy a house that wasn't for sale. And then he tried to get a volunteer shift at the Memphis Zoo in the Butterfly Garden. And so that's where the title comes from. Yeah, that there's, again, this power of Memphis as this place that feels like, oh, this could be home. And you talk to Kevin Morby and he's like, yeah, I don't live there. I've been there just a few times, but every time I go, it's like, I want to buy a house here. I want to live here. And then to look at Jeff Buckley's story of someone who did that and then it went horribly wrong because of whatever situation he was in, whatever demons he was fighting with mental health. And yeah, there's this sense of, longing and fear and he makes reference to like yeah i feel like i'm valens on a cessna and just like yeah this feeling of of hope and impending doom intertwined and it's in this song that is so feels very religious there's this harp and these choir of very youthful voices i guess he went to the music school in memphis and said like oh what do you have recent graduates it's the stacks music academy of stacks records yeah yeah so they apparently have this amazing youth music program and so they said yeah we can hook you up and bring in this amazing youth choir of our recent graduates and so it's so pretty and mystical and feels very holy but with this undercurrent of doom through it. And it really shows kind of the reverence that he feels for this city that's been the origin story of so many, you know, culturally important musicians. And so I think this is the song that speaks most directly to the feeling that he gets from Memphis. And it, 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 it conveys that feeling in such a beautiful way. Yeah. And it is, it is a lot. It's very deep it's very intense and i'm glad that uh when sequencing the record kevin morby said well maybe i'll go from this really heavy very intense track very long to short funny and a total blast on the next song it's called rock bottom there at the end is credited to Tim Heidegger and Ali Shawcott, two comedians that Maury apparently knows and contributed some laughing on the album. Well, yeah, I love that he's, you know, he's this musician who can capture, you know, the getting, bringing these great singing. I know Aaron Ray on the earlier track and then I guess Cassandra Jenkins doing mm-hmm. backing vocals on this track and amazing the Stax Academy. And then it's like, hey, I need laughter. Who better to do that than these great comedians I happen to know? And it's, yeah, just collaboration in all regards. It's pretty great. Uh, Heidegger also featured in the video for this that I highly recommend. Very charming. Yeah, it's very like a really light and fun song. But at the same time, it's he said he wrote it after he saw a mural of Jay Retard in Memphis because he was born there and died there. And of course, he died of drug and alcohol overdose when he was 29. 
And what Morby said about it was he said, the song is at once sort of about him, but it's also just about anyone who that's their story. And that's a very common story in music where a person comes from hardly anything at all and they rise to the top and it usually happens pretty quickly. And in a lot of cases, it kills the person. Yeah, it's yeah, that's a sound undercurrent, even on maybe the most joyful track on here. And it's a great chance to celebrate, you know, Memphis being you know, we think of it as like, oh, you know, the old school rock or various types of Southern music, but then also, you know, Jay Richard being this aspect of just garage rock and trying to push forward with, you know, modern music and successful very, very briefly at that. And this is also so successfully just going to a completely different sound with a cool guitar solo and just in and out. And that bop bop in, mm-hmm. is just in my dreams. Like yeah. It's such a catchy little <laughs> touch. Uh, yeah, a delight of a song. So the next song we'll play is called Stop Before I Cry. Always stuck inside a dream. And I know that you got secrets. And you know I got them too. Cause you see me ride a nightmare, honey. And you taught me how to shoot. Oh, remember when we met. We were so young You were still sucking on a bottle Like it was sucking on God's thumb But from stage you would take flight And whistle like a songbird Or swaying in a blue dress You turn the crowd into a big mess Cause Katie when you sing to me It's like a melody Coming off the mountain Coming at the sea, stopping at the plains, up into a Memphis sky. Katie, stop the song, man. Stop before I cry. 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 Yeah, this incredibly heartfelt song, so sweet and so kind of structureless, where it's just kind of verse and verse, and each one increasing with the emotion that he feels for his partner, Katie Crutchfield. And I just have to share the story. He's told that he, when he was first doing the demos of this, and he's like, ah, I'm just going to baby, like it's, I'm going to make it universal. And uh-huh. so he was doing that. And then it was, I guess, relatively late in the songwriting process where he was really coming up with the rough mixes where he's like, nope, I, I really want to commit to this being about this specific person because she means that much to me. And I think it's important. And so then he sent her that first version of it with her name in it. And then she just sent back like, oh yeah, I was crying before this song stopped. Aww. And it was, yeah, that sweetness. And it is, yeah, it brings a tear to my eye, just the the earnestness of emotion here that uh, it's an adult loves, love song there. You have flaws, I have flaws. But I, you're also incredibly gifted, and I, I choose to focus on that and help you through the stuff that's not the amazing talent. Yeah. So the next song that we'll play is the penultimate track, and it's called It's Over. Bought my body off of the used lot I'll take the last one if it's all you got just need something to carry me Rest of the way towards Tennessee 
Where'd Corey go and where is my band? I miss my life up on the bandstand Used to sing songs from a motorcade As we rolled into the Rose Parade And then the last track, which is called Goodbye to Good Times, I think form a pair where it's kind of a, a fake out of, you know, this is kind of the, the end of good times, whatever. But then the last track is really kind of a here is the positive side of good uh, goodbye to good times in that, you know, good times are kind of characterized, as he has said in an interview, as like the time in America where we would just kind of we were sort of oblivious and we just kind of assumed that things would keep going the way we were when we were kids and we didn't really have to worry about, you know, civil war and all the terrible things that are happening right now. And um, that, that this is like kind of a time for a new artistic awakening, but also, you know, kind of the end of an era. Yeah, that this... I- I mean, again, this is such a pandemic record that it was, you know, he was already in the kind of this thinking about time and mortality. And then this entire, you know, cosmic pause button really put her put him in a place to think about what that meant. And there are so many of these places on the record, I feel like, where there's kind of these nice pairings where yeah, you're talking about here where it feels kind of like a goodbye. And then it feels so final. And then nowhere, the actual last track is more like, hey, this is more complicated. And let's think about how, you know, the bigger picture. And similarly, you know, I like how there are these pairs of songs where we had the sort of disappearing as well as A Coat of Butterflies sort of thematically linked. And, you know, we didn't play it, but right before Stop Before I Cry, which is such a sweet song about a great relationship, is another track about kind of a bad relationship. And that's a nice pairing. And I think just the, the, sequencing of tracks on this record is really thoughtful yeah it's all so well thought out and morby has talked about the fact that he used to find inspiration by writing while he was on tour and being in new places and having new experience experiences and the pandemic really allowed him to kind of sit down and have find inspiration in new ways and really be more thoughtful about how he puts these songs together and put a lot of time into making them perfect and again i haven't listened to a ton of his earlier work, but this really seems like a leap forward in terms of creativity and craftsmanship. Yeah, it's. I think the timing is pretty interesting that, you know, he started, you know, thinking about the new record during the pand- you know, first six months of the pandemic. But then I guess his last record came out right in, I think, October of 2020. And then he immediately, you know, that record comes out and then he immediately is like, OK, on to the next one. Let's mm-hmm. start really writing this. And he pounds out the writing does the recording and now it, the new one comes out so we can only hope that he's working on his next record because yeah this was such a, a standout really it took me a while to warm to that i will say the first track is so strong and powerful that it took me a while to realize oh these other songs are slightly more subtle 
still pretty impressive. There's a great episode of Song Exploder that I would urge everyone to check out about this is a photograph. And it really takes apart the different elements of that song and made me appreciate it in a new way. Because just hearing the tracks in isolation, you then you listen to the whole song and you hear them all together. Yeah, this is a, an artist who, you know, still pretty young, 34. I, I guess he just turned 34 like a month or so ago. And so, yeah, hopefully he can do some clean living and keep producing music for a long time to come. Because at this rate, like, yeah, this is a remarkable maturity and a very impressive achievement. So we'll go with the last track. Again, it's called Goodbye to Good Times. And we've been talking about This is a Photograph by Kevin Morby. And you've been listening to For the Record. Thanks so much for listening. Seems the good times Have finally come to pass Make way for bad times Soon to cross our path When my father was a young man He got Mickey Mantle's autograph shaped like the moon he would contemplate the stars in which the good times would never come to pass no they just don't make them like that no more no they just don't make them like they used to My mother was 19 She danced a Tina Tina Turner In the hall we'd become a catwalk And she'd go to the show No, they just don't Make them like that no more proud member of the bff.fm podcast network learn more at podcast.bff.fm bff.fm best frequencies forever